All your favorite TV shows will still be there at the end of the journey. The amount of spiritual growth you enjoy as a result of this study will be a direct result of the amount of time, prayer, and effort you invest. And while it won't make you perfect and it won't be easy, I promise you will gain a fuller understanding of the price and the possibilities, the challenges and the joys of becoming a vessel God can use. Day 2. Is there a place for me? Do you ever wonder where you fit into God's grand plan? Do you ever wonder if there really is a place for you? Maybe when you think about the kind of vessel you are, words like chipped, crack, broken, and dirty come to mind. Maybe you feel like a dusty old jar forgotten on the shelf, or an ugly water jug abandoned by the side of the road. Maybe you see yourself as a crystal vase. You look good from a distance and people admire you. But a closer look reveals cracks from top to bottom. You couldn't hold water if you tried, let alone provide life to another living being. When I taught this 10-week study for the first time, I quickly discovered that many women weren't sure what kind of vessel they were, and they didn't know how or where God could use them. Some of the women were looking for a course on spiritual gifts, and while there are certainly some excellent books on discovering your gifts and talents, this isn't one of them. Do you know why? Because if you are not living your life as a vessel God can use, understanding your gifts won't address the real problem. Your turning point will come when you understand how and why God works through frail human vessels like us. Once you understand those two things, God will use you in astounding ways, ways that a hundred spiritual gift courses could never prepare you for. When I became a Christian, I had very clear ideas about what my gifts were and how I could be useful to God. My attitude was, God has done so much for me, I want to do things for Him in return. Now, everybody stand back and watch me work. Unfortunately, my focus was on me and the great things I was going to accomplish for God, rather than on God and the great things He wanted to accomplish through me. I poured myself into every ministry opportunity that came along. I taught vacation Bible school to three- and four-year-olds. I volunteered to head up the mission committee. I baked casseroles and cookies as part of the fellowship committee. I even tried my hand at jello molds. Not a pretty sight. I invited newcomers to my home on behalf of the hospitality committee. I planned wild and crazy church socials as part of the social committee. Well, crazy by our church's standards. I hosted weekly small group Bible studies in my home for nearly a decade. I worked for the Billy Graham crusade when it came to town, and I tried to be a mini-evangelist. I enthusiastically touted the joys of the Christian life. I didn't live them, just, just touted them. I invited scores of people to church, to the crusade, anywhere I thought God might do his thing. Another pet project was my family. I've got a mom, a dad, seven older brothers and sisters who brought with them a parade of spouses, lovers, nieces, nephews, in-laws, outlaws, you name it. I spent countless hours in agonized prayer over them. I planned and plotted. I manipulated people and events. On several occasions, I did a most remarkable imitation of the Holy Spirit as I witnessed to them and nearly dragged them into the kingdom. Finally, I'm happy to report, God showed forth his mercy upon my family. He moved me out of state. No matter how hard I tried, it rarely seemed God was really using me in people's lives. I felt frustrated and exhausted. I had scattered my energies in a thousand different directions, but saw little fruit. The only tangible results were the bitterness that enveloped me in the wake of confused, frustrated, and often angry people I left behind. So I stopped. 
I stopped the committees and the Bible studies, the Sunday school and the mission society. I stopped baking casseroles and sending note cards. I stopped the whirlwind. Funny thing, though, no one seemed to mind. So I stopped going to church altogether. Actually, I stopped living. Sure, I inhaled and exhaled, even mustered up a pulse. But in truth, I had withdrawn from life. I had effectively cut myself off from everyone and everything. I thought it would hurt less. I was wrong. The hours that were once filled with activity, however fruitless, were now filled with depression and despair. Clearly, this new approach wasn't working either, and so I came up with a novel idea. I decided to study my Bible. I was determined to uncover what the heroes of the Bible had in common. What was it that made them so great that the God of the universe hired them to get the job done down here on earth? Do you know what I discovered? I discovered a collection of the most unlikely people imaginable. From homemakers and prophets to prostitutes and murderers, God was able to work through anyone who firmly believed he could and would.